Well, we're back for another edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. And, of course, on everybody's mind is the coronavirus, COVID-19, and its impact not only around the world, which we've heard disheartening stories of families. It, it might not be in your home, but this is a real serious situation. We've never been in a pandemic like this. I've said this many times on this program. This is the first time anybody listening to my voice that's living on planet Earth today has ever been in a pandemic right now. So it's totally changed the way we live. I'm sure it will going forward. About a month ago, we got together with Dr. Jim Schultz, Chief Spiritual Health Officer with Christ Community Health Services. And I've asked Jim to come back today to give us an update on what this incredible organization is doing in light of COVID-19. Jim, it's so good to have you join us. Well, thanks for having me. And man, a lot has changed since we talked last time. Feels like it's been much longer, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. I tell you, it seems like it's been a long time. Days are kind of dragging. I know for a lot of folks, they're dragging slower than they would like for them to be. But before we go anywhere, I got to say a special thanks to Dr. Laura, who's your wife, I love very much. She and I were in a class together that you taught (laughs) on apologetics. I enjoyed the time we're able to share together. I'm sure your wife is probably quite busy, too, in her line. She's a clinical psychologist. The stress that this brings on people, Jim, I'm sure that she's being sought after a lot and probably very busy trying to help encourage people. Yeah, she leads a team of uh, mental health folks to serve over at Methodist Hospital, and uh, she has seen um, healthcare workers across the city um, reaching out for uh, mental health uh, services because anxiety is high. Yeah. I talked to a nurse that works for one of the local hospitals. She's a friend of mine from church, and she actually works directly with COVID-19 patients. And she said the most difficult thing for her is to watch her patients die without any family members around. Ah, wow, Jim, that's so sobering to think about that. Well, Byron, you may not know this, but uh, actually my grandmother passed away a little over a week ago, and uh, we're, we're pretty sure it was COVID-19. She wasn't technically a confirmed case, but the, the nursing home where she was staying had over 80 cases among the staff and patients. They actually made the news because the significance of it, and, and she passed away in the midst of that. And None of us were allowed to be around her when she passed away, and it, it's heartbreaking. Jim, our prayers out to you and your family, dear brother. I am so sorry to hear that, and I know that's getting repeated over and over again. So there is a need for the heart to cry and a time to mourn, you know, as the Bible says, especially in light of the way this has created this incredible way that people are passing. Like I said, no family members are able to be there. You know, the healthcare workers, as you mentioned, that Dr. Laura Schultz is engaging these healthcare workers in, what they have to deal with, I just can't imagine. Yeah, they're truly heroes in our city. And that brings me to another point before we get into the details of today's program. You and your job and your staff at Christ Community Health Services, you are the chief spiritual health officer. And there is a spiritual side and a spiritual dimension to us as humans that in the medical world often gets overlooked, but not at where you serve at Christ Community Health Services. That's right. We strive to integrate spiritual care into everything that we do, um, from our providers to our MAs, our front desk. In fact, I train every new employee coming into our organization on how to pray one-on-one with someone. And proud to say that many of our employees do, to the point that over 87% of our patients, when asked, say that uh, somebody prayed with them during their visit. 
I can imagine that really makes a difference for a lot. You know, I had a chance one time, I, I think I told you this, when this program was first implemented, I don't know if you were in this title. You might have been in the role. I'm not sure. But Tommy Wilson was working over there at the time. Yeah. And uh, I got to kind of shadow him and watch as I was over there one day doing a radio interview. And so he said, why don't you just follow me around before you do the interview so you can experience that. And I remember walking into patients' rooms and praying with them, and that was really powerful. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you are nervous or worried about whatever um, diagnosis or whatever is coming from the doctor to, to know that there is a God who transcends that exam room, who is watching and cares about the details of your visit, gives people hope. They may not think of on their own, but just a simple step into an exam room. And we found people come to know Christ in those situations. We saw 75 people come to Christ last year just by uh, interacting with people spiritually. Oh, Jim, I did not know that. That's so exciting. That is a great word. Well, I know you were connected with a webinar earlier in the week on Monday called Faith and Facts. Over 100 pastors and ministers, nonprofits were connected with this time to talk about COVID-19, its impact and effect here in Shelby County. One of the uh, voices you heard from, and I mentioned this yesterday's program with Dan Henley, who is president of the Church Developers Network. He was our guest yesterday. One of the speakers on that webinar was Dr. Mosley with Methodist Hospital who is an administrator, not a medical doctor, but still very engaged with his hospital staff. Some of the stats that he was sharing talked about confirmed cases of COVID-19. This was as of Monday, over 10,000 confirmed cases, 184 deaths in Tennessee. Again, these numbers change daily. Right here in Shelby County, this was as of Monday, 2,300 confirmed cases of COVID-19, 45 deaths. And I just pulled off of the email I get the daily update from the Shelby County Health Department. As of just moments ago, that number has already increased. I said as of Monday, 2,300 cases. Well, 2,484 cases confirmed now, 47 deaths in Shelby County, up two deaths since Monday. Total tested in Shelby County, over 28,124. Christ Community Health Services has been a big part of testing. Now, when you and I talked a month ago, just starting a drive-through testing service, and you had a limited number you were doing. How has that changed for you guys? Oh, man, it has changed significantly, Byron. We have continued daily testing site down at our Third Street location that we'll see anywhere from 100 to 200 patients a day. Um, as we've continued to watch the data, just like everybody is, we've noticed that Hickory Hill is a spot where less people are getting tested because part of Christ Community's mission is to serve the underserved. So we're going to go to places where people can't get access to care. And, and in this context, that means people can't get access to COVID testing. So we've actually set up a daily uh, drive-through site in Hickory Hill as of this week, which we'll see another 100 to 200 patients, depending on, on need down there. Uh, we also did uh, the state reached out to us, Governor Lee's office, and asked us to partner with them to do a drive-through site up in Fraser, where we saw 487 patients in one day. Wait, wait, wait. You saw how many? 487 <laughs> patients. Oh, my in goodness. Day. In one day. Yep. And over the next few weeks, we will likely open a third drive-through testing site, and we'll also offer some sort of testing at all of our locations each day. It won't be a drive-through site, but it'll definitely be at our other locations because people need access to care. 
And then this Friday, uh, we'll have a, a drive-through testing site at our East Jackson location as well. Jim, these tests are being given by Christ Community Health Services. Is this like a, a finger prick? Is it a, a nose swab? What are you doing to test? Yeah, so it, it's a it's a nose swab. I think there's a, a more official name for what that is, but I'm not <laughs> yeah. the person to ask about I'm not, that. I'm not medically um, professional here for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a nose swab, and we've actually put together a, a video um, about that and what people can expect when they come to get a, a test. I think there's a lot of myth out there that this test is very painful and so people are avoiding it but in reality it's not as painful as people think Um, and if people do experience pain it only lasts for a moment kind of like a a needle stick it'll it'll hurt for just a second but as soon as it's over it's over Um, it doesn't have lingering pain or anything and we do that um to no to no fee from the person who gets the test. So anybody who tests with us, there's no fee. Uh, if they have insurance, we'll charge their insurance. If they're uninsured, we're going to take care of it. Um, for us, we're just we're just trying to get those tests out there. Wow, that's really a good thing that you are offering, Jim. Thanks so much for doing that. I know a lot of our community appreciates that. You know, back when we talked a month ago about these limited number of tests that you were doing at the time. Uh, people had to come, they had to have symptoms like low-grade fever, a dry cough. There were certain things that qualified them before you would test them. Has that changed? As of today, for our our sort of daily uh, drive-through tests or the tests at our clinic, we are asking for people to either uh, report having a fever or one symptom. Um, But as you know, that could could change tomorrow. You know, these things change daily. But for our standalone events like we did with the state um, last week in Fraser, where we saw 487, that was a no appointment and no symptoms needed uh, test. So literally we had, we had a line waiting uh, of people get waiting to get that test. And we're going to do another one of those in Hickory Hill on Wednesday. And so that'll be another, um, it's, it'll be from two to six on Wednesday next week. Um, and it'll be another no appointment, no symptoms needed drive-through test. Well, Jim, reflecting back on Monday's webinar, I know you're doing probably a lot of webinars lately, but this particular one with this group of pastors from the Church Developers Network, what were some takeaways from you? What did you draw from that meeting as all these pastors and those in ministry got together? Yeah, I really appreciated Dan Henley of Agape Town Family Services and Church Developers inviting me to be part of that. He's such a Good friend and good man. He was on your show yesterday, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Dan's my neighbor, too, and I love Dan Henley and his wife, Dee, who, by the way, is a nurse working at Regional One. Yeah. Yeah, I think the big takeaway for me was for churches to take it slow, uh, to not rush to try to get back to some idea of normal that we had before, but um, to be cautious and protective of their flock and um, to really work collaboratively with other pastors and the scientific and medical community and um, take this thing seriously um, moving forward, that we're not going to be able to just jump back to Sundays like they were. It's, it, it needs to be a slow phase and methodical approach to um, returning back to in-person worship. Yes. Well, as you know, this COVID-19 has mandated most health organizations, you know, give their full attention to this virus. And a lot of the other divisions and hospitals and clinics, you know, have been 
limited or or shut down while all the attention is going to COVID-19. And I know that Christ Community Health Services offers an extended amount of services for us. Are you still able to offer those during this time? And how has that been? I know y'all were kind of limiting the way you did certain things, changed some of the dynamics of the way you saw patients. Is that still in place? Yeah, so we have significantly um, amped up our ability to see patients via telehealth. Um, So literally patients can call to get an appointment and see their provider by phone. Uh, by video um, through a variety of ways. You know, the preference would be video so there can be that next level of human touch. So folks can do that for pediatric visits, for normal primary care visits, for behavioral health. Um, We're also getting creative for how we're getting people their their prescription drugs um, from curbside pickup to even we're trying to explore the possibility of delivering directly to people's house if we can figure out how to make that happen. Those services, people can still get the normal services that they would get um, aside from coronavirus. So if someone just needs a checkup, uh, you can still get your checkup uh, through telehealth. And even if uh, people need to come into the clinic, we are creating a safe place in the clinic so that people can come in when they need to. Um, So, for example, I mentioned that all of our clinics will be offering coronavirus testing, but we're going to do that all uh, in a certain amount of hours at the end of the day, and we're going to ask those patients to stay in their car, and we're going to actually test them from their car so that the clinic continue to be a safe place for um, other folks to come in without fearing that they're going to catch coronavirus. I think part of the biggest impact, though, has been on our on our dental services. You know, you can't do telehealth; dental. Yeah. it doesn't work that way. Um, and so they are limited to only doing um, emergency procedures. And candidly, that's that's been a, a huge impact on us financially. Um, but we certainly understand why it needs to be that way. Right. Another statistic that was mentioned with Dr. Mosley on that Monday webinar, 17% of those tested over this past weekend tested positive without symptoms, but they were still carriers. I think this is important because, you know, we're seeing, especially with beautiful days like we're having right now, the sunshine, people want to get out and you go to the parks, you know, you see so many people out in the public without masks being close together it's shown that just speaking close because the droplets can infect somebody through just talking if you're in a close range. And so wearing a mask seems to be not taken very seriously right now. And we're right in the middle of this pandemic, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think what I would want people to know is that wearing a mask is a way of loving your neighbor um, as yourself. Um, what, what we're discovering is that wearing a mask is more helpful in protecting other people than it is for protecting you. Certainly, it, it protects you to some extent, but it even more so protects other people. And so, you know, what I want to say to folks who are don't want to wear a mask is that if you love other people, um, that's one of the ways you can show love to them, because this isn't necessarily just about you, but it's about people like my grandmother um, or people who have um, immunocompromised situations. Um, so you, you may be able to survive getting coronavirus, but, you know, my neighbor across the street um, may not. And so I think wearing a mask is a way that you show love to other people. And just because you don't have the symptoms or feel like it, you could very well be a carrier. That's right. You know, Jim, one encouraging sign about this pandemic is I know in the beginning, as we talked about the big need for ventilators, you remember back over a month ago, they were saying, you know, there's a shortage of ventilators and 
car manufacturers were going to start on the assembly line manufacturing ventilators for this big need that was going to happen. Now, of course, I know in places like New York City and other places where this virus has just been chronic, there has been more use of that type of equipment. But I don't think there's been a place where we've had to run out of ventilators or not have enough equipment of that nature. Yeah, you know, I would that would be a better question to ask somebody who's in a hospital setting. Sure. In primary care, we don't use those, but I haven't I haven't heard of a of a shortage, and you know we've we've built out these overflow hospital situations in the city of Memphis, and thankfully we haven't had to use them yet. And I think part, you know, I think for some people they hear that and say, "Great, we can get back to normal," and it's it's more no. I think we need to continue the trajectory that we're going to make sure that we don't need to use those yeah. overflow the hospital situation. That's the point I wanted to make. I, I wasn't saying that in, in reference to you being a medical doctor, but the fact that we're not using the ventilators, which we can thank God for, and yeah. the fact that we're not having to use these extra spaces as much as we thought we were going to, even though we made them available. The old Boy Scout saying, be prepared, is so important in times like that, because you'd rather be prepared and ready when you need it than if it explodes and you don't have it ready. But in light of that, as you said, a lot of people are saying, well, this COVID-19 is really not that bad. I mean, I've, you know, I've lost my job. I, I see my retirement going south. What for? I mean, there's nothing really happening. Yeah. You know, I've been really impressed with the city of Memphis and the phase plan that they've put out. And I, and I think that what they're suggesting is wise. And here's why. Because we really don't know what happens when we open back up. And so if we, you know, there are other states and other parts of the, uh, the, the state, this state that are just opening right back up. And, you know, that's, that's really rolling the dice because you don't know who those carriers might be, how prevalent the disease is, and it could spread like wildfire. And suddenly we're, we're in a very dangerous situation with um, folks. And so I, I really appreciated the city of Memphis saying, hey, we're going to take a phased approach and we're going to take one step and see how it goes. And we're going to take another step and see how it goes. And I, and I think that's, that's the right move for the city of Memphis to do uh, so, that, so that we can move forward. Yeah, I think that's a really good word because, you know, not a lot of immediate attention came to the fact that Wuhan, China, where it originally outbreak started, uh, after they seemingly got things under control, there was other cities that had big outbreaks that they had in quarantine. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, this is a really a strange virus that no one really understands. One of the things I'd like to do before we say goodbye, you mentioned a moment ago, one of the things you do in your position as the chief spiritual health officer there at Christ Community Health Services is to train your volunteers how to pray for people when they come to see the physician. Could you kind of give us a little brief how to pray with somebody, Class 101? Because I think that would be something good to offer our listeners, because as they come in contact with others who are fearful, discouraged, wondering what God's doing at this time, where is God at this time, could you kind of just give us some pointers on knowing how we could pray with our friends and neighbors? Sure, be happy to. The thing that I always tell folks is that prayer needs to be short and simple. In fact, the Bible tells us that we should let our words be few. Jesus gets on to the Pharisees for using too many flowery words in their prayers. And so we, we need to have just simple, common language, talking to God. 
prayers. But I also know that some people are afraid of prayer because they don't know what they're going to say. And so the little acronym that I use, I'm I'm sure I stole this from somebody, I just don't know who, is P-R-A-Y in Jesus' name. So the first thing we want to do is we want to praise God. That's how Jesus started when when the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. He started by praising God. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then the R is that we want to request. We want to make those requests that we have of God to bring those. And that's what Jesus did, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So go ahead and make those requests. And I, and I think we need to ask God for miracles. God is very much still in the business of performing miracles. I have good research on that that I can share if anybody wants to see it. So go ahead and ask God for those big miracles. And then we need to get to the A, and A is that we admit our need for God. I think this is sometimes what we forget in prayer, but we need to acknowledge that nothing's going to change if God doesn't act. And so that's an act of faith to say, God, I, I trust you. I need you in this situation. And then the why is that we yield to God. In other words, we just like Jesus said, take this cup from me, but nonetheless, not my will be done, but yours be done. We want to yield to God. That God, whatever you do, even if you don't perform this miracle, you're still good. You're still God. I think sometimes we get out of whack because we're more focused on the miracle than we are the God who has the ability to perform the miracle. And so we, we always need to go back to our relationship with Him. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. It doesn't, doesn't do me any good to pray in my name or in Byron Tyler's name. Uh, it only it does me good to pray in Jesus' name because God hears my prayers because He views me with the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of what Christ has done for me. So we P-R-A-Y, praise God, make those requests. We admit our need for God. We yield to Him, and we do all that in Jesus' name. If you follow that, those are about one or two sentences each. It shouldn't take you more than one to two minutes to lift up a prayer to God. And to give you an idea of how we do that, that's what my team does. So they're on the coronavirus testing site every single day holding up a sign, have questions or need prayer, and people can actually call on the phone there at the testing site and receive prayer from my team. And we've also set up a text-to-pray option, which the listeners here are welcome to use. It's PrayTN. They just text PrayTN to 41444. And you can submit a prayer request there or even request someone call you to pray with you. We take prayer very seriously at Christ's community and because we believe that there's a God who listens and responds to our prayers. Jim, I love that. Thank you so much. You've encouraged my prayer life by laying it out like that. I love that acronym PRAY, and I wrote it down. That text number you just gave is PRAYTN to 41444. Yeah, and PRAYTN is all one word, PRAYTN. Jim, this has been great. I appreciate what Christ Community Health Service is doing amidst this pandemic we're in with coronavirus and seeing how you guys are engaging it in the power and love of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for sharing with our Bot Radio Network listeners today. Well, thanks for all you're doing, Byron. I, I know that uh, you're a voice of hope in the midst of a dark time. So thank you. God bless you, my friend. Well, thanks for tuning in to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. That's all the time we have. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. How long will I feel forgotten? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I have this sorrow? How long to victory? 
why would I hold on to what weighs me down? Just one look into your face, it's all I need, you're all I need. You are here, you are Emmanuel, the one who came to make a way for us. You are king above every king with love and justice you will reign in us you are here so i will trust in your love for it is steadfast and true I will sing of all you've done. Oh, let my heart rejoice in you. Cause why would I hold on to what weighs me down? Just one look into your face. It's all I need. You're all I need. And you are here. above every king with love and justice you will reign in us so let me see what you would have me see open my eyes and quiet my mind let me hear what you would have me hear i believe help my unbelief you are here, you are Emmanuel, the one who came to make a way for us. And you are king above every king, with love and justice you will reign in us. Yes, you are here, you are Emmanuel, the one who came to make a way for us. Us. And you are king above every king, with love and justice you will reign in us, you are here.